Devastating floods caused by torrential rains have wreaked havoc in KwaZulu-Natal this week. Hundreds of people have been killed by the floods and mudslides. Humanitarian efforts are currently underway to assist communities affected by the flooding. On Wednesday, President Cyril Ramaphosa visited the province to assess the damage and to see for himself the unimaginable scale of destruction. The bridges have collapsed, the roads have collapsed, people have died, our people are injured. So this is a catastrophe of enormous proportions. This week on The Story, we'll speak to News24 journalists who have been on the ground in KZN, bringing you the latest on this disaster. We're now joined by Kayleen Morgan, multimedia journalist for News24, who is in KwaZulu-Natal. Kayleen, tell us about your experience on the ground and filming the devastation. It's been quite devastating. I think it's a little bit difficult to put it into words in a way that people would be able to adequately understand just how terrible it's been um, seeing this firsthand. I think, you know, when you watch it on television or so forth, um, it doesn't quite hit you as hard as when you're seeing, you know, um, people's homes literally fall through the ground, fall into, you know, pathways that have now become rivers. And I think particularly the the, the, the first day when I started covering these floods, which was on Tuesday morning, we found ourselves in an area, Kwandengezi. We were just driving around, you know, trying to, to assess some of the, the damage. And by virtue of just moving around, we stumbled across um, an old man who had just lost his six-year-old son who he'd carried about 10 kilometers away from the low-lying area where they live. Um, and he'd left his wife and his, his other young child behind with injuries after their house collapsed. And I mean, throughout that day, this is, this is really what we were seeing. The emergency services, these are informal settlements. Um, and it's also low-lying area, so it's at the bottom of mountains. You can imagine emergency services can't get into these areas by car. And I think even it's even more difficult by foot because the soil is so soft, there's a lot of mud. So a lot of people were advised that if there are injuries or if there are deaths, people would have to find a way to carry their loved ones up to the main road where emergency services would be able to help them. But even then emergency services were stretched. Um, the havoc that this has caused has left hundreds of people displaced, but also a lot of injuries, a lot of missing people. You know, some of the people that we spoke to said, you know, we are carrying our loved ones up to the main road, but there are still several people down there who we can't find. They're under the rubble. And we also don't have capacity to dig them out. I mean, we can't really use our bare hands. We're also scared of losing our lives in that instance. So you're driving and, and you're just seeing bodies on the side of the main road. Loved ones don't even have the time to deal with this trauma or be visibly distraught. They're just thinking, how are we going to pick up from this? Absolutely heartbreaking. What about the president and his assessment of the damage on Wednesday? The president was um, moving between various areas in the Etequini municipality because um, that was said to have been hit the hardest. 
this is this was on Wednesday and eventually I think the president himself was able to see that you know there is a necessary push for 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 the province to be declared under the state of disaster him speaking to the finance minister to access funding to assist the people of KwaZulu-Natal who've been affected by this. I think it was also eye-opening for him to see just how many people had been displaced, but at the same time how difficult it must be for emergency services to, to work this way and therefore need that extra financial boost to be able to assist people. We're seeing a lot of community members club together just to assist one another in every way that they can possible. Um, but I think the president being on the ground was enough for him to just pick up on how dire the situation is here in KZN. Kayleen, residents have been dealing with power outages, water shortages, the collapsing of roads and landslides. Can you tell us how the people living there are coping with the situation? You said it seems like people are in shock, really, at at this point. What was your experience of of people that you spoke to? I think personally for me, as as a journalist who does not work in, you know, the coastal area of KwaZulu-Natal, this was new to me. But for a lot of the residents here, it seemed almost as though this is, you know, something that they've grown accustomed to. I don't think perhaps on the scale where we're seeing so many people losing their lives, but it was definitely a case of we've been here before. This is not new to us. It happens every now and again where we are losing our homes. We um, are unable to get to work. We're losing our loved ones. That's the sort of sentiment. And so a lot of people are just moving really quickly to kind of rebuild their lives and try and, and, and get on with it if possible. But also because the rains are expected to continue, I think a lot of people are just really trying to rebuild before the rains be- begin again and, and, and make sure they're safe and they've got somewhere, somewhere to sleep. But it's, I think it's been difficult being on the ground for me personally because things are moving so fast there's just so much havoc throughout the province it doesn't matter where you're driving whether you're in the suburbs or whether you are in the rural areas you can see it even when you're just on the main roads like the N3 how the landslides have 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 impacted you know um, the way that the landscape of KwaZulu-Natal looks at the moment so I I think you know at some point emotions Motions sit with you when, when you get home, or for me specifically, when you're in these rural areas and you yourself start to feel the, the, the impact. And, and I mean, Wednesday was a real eye-opener for me because as we were leaving the area just outside Claremont where the president had been, one of the main roads caved in and we were still there. And we struggled quite a bit to get out of the area. Several main roads, you know, you make a U-turn, the GPS is redirecting, you get to a new main road, it's caved in. You're basically driving on a piece of the road, you know, trying to get to the other side. And I think that fear really jumped in for me, that reality that any moment now, this very road that I'm driving on could also cave in and, and you know, I could lose my life any time now. So I think, yeah, you, you, you leave the journalism hat at some point and you become human again and realize that any time now, that could be me too. Kayleen, can you tell us about some of the humanitarian efforts underway? We've seen Gift of the Givers 
as well as the Red Cross community on the ground, um, offering disaster relief, basic needs, just things like blankets, tin food, as well as the municipalities coming out just to take a record in terms of damages, people who have lost their homes, people who have been injured. So there seems to be a lot of people moving into community halls, into schools that are still standing in these areas and that's where we are seeing particularly these two nonprofit organizations coming to aid. But there also seems to be a great sentiment in the country where people are trying to establish funding backer bodies where they can donate to people who are here. I know I've received a lot of a lot of messages, a lot of uh, social media messages asking if they could send me money and because I'm on the ground I could possibly just pass whatever I can over to, to the people that we interact with. So I do think there's a great sentiment in the country at the moment for people wanting to come together to, to assist the people of KZN or at least to support some of these non-profit organizations that are on the ground. Well, thank you so much for your time, Kayleen, and please stay safe out there. Bringing us those stories, those human stories from the ground, a terrifying and devastating situation. We're joined now by News24 senior political reporter, Junior Kamalo. Junior, what areas have been worst affected? So the most affected areas are in during the, the floods where the Pine Town area which is just west of Durban as you are heading uh, on the entry as you are heading towards Peter Maritzburg. So that was one of the most affected areas in um, during the floods. Uh, also, the Ntuzuma area is uh, another heavily affected area. And some parts of the south of uh, the province have also been severely affected by the floods. Junior, can you describe the scenes of devastation? What did you see? From a humanitarian standpoint, it, it was carnage. It was a desperate situation for a lot of people. Uh, most of the people that live in Pinetown, if you are familiar with the terrain, uh, they live on the faces of like mountains. So most of the places are like informal settlements. And those that live on the faces of the mountains were affected mainly by landslides. So a lot of houses were completely covered by uh, landslides and a lot of people lost their lives there. A lot of people are still missing. Um, and then in terms of the people that stay in the lower-lying areas, they were affected by flooding. So there were a lot of floods that uh, went into their properties. So a lot of properties were demolished. A lot of roads were damaged. Bridges were swept away. I think the last type of flood that was almost at this uh, level was the 2017 flood. But this from just seeing it on the ground, it looks like it was way worse. Junior, there have also been a lot of reports, as you mentioned, about infrastructure collapsing. Is that a result of a lack of maintenance or the state of the stormwater infrastructure? Have authorities commented on that? So a lot of the damage first, I think, uh, is as a result of people building in settlement that is not suitable for human settlement, actually. So most of the buildings are in land on the sides of mountains or on low-lying areas that is definitely not suitable for housing. So that is what the local government has been complaining about, that um, this land has not been allocated for housing, but because people are desperate uh, to find shelter, they have made their homes in such areas. But also, yes, the provincial government has to take faults because um, the drainage system in the province has been 
thing that in in most of the floods that have happened i think last year 2021 in december there was a lot of flooding that also happened and the provincial government did acknowledge that the drainage systems have not been have not been taken care of that's why uh, there's a lot of flooding that is happening but also i i saw a lot of researchers a lot of academics have also been blaming this on climate change as well so there's a lot of factors that have resulted in the flooding itself and also the damage that has happened to most of these places and junior how long is the bad weather expected to last there is a view that it's going to last until after the easter weekend so it's going to rain across the whole weekend during easter and that's what a lot of people were disappointed by because a lot of uh, the deben economy uh, is centered around tourism so a lot of people uh, were expecting that a lot of tourists are going to come this is i think one of the biggest holidays to come after the state of disaster the national state of disaster was called off so a lot of uh, companies in Durban were expecting that uh, people are going to come in tourists are going to come in and revive the economy but as as a result of this uh, flooding and the damage that has happened a lot of people are going to be tentative and not want to go to Durban so yes uh, the rain is going to be across the Easter weekend and junior rescue operations they've been hampered by the weather what what is the death toll so far so rescue operations have been severely hampered by the the weather conditions as i had already indicated earlier that the kwatubuza area in pine town was one of the most heavily heavily affected areas and when we got there on wednesday um the emergency services couldn't even access the areas so we also had to drive on roads that had caved in we had to just risk it and get to that area and when we got there like a lot of people i think uh, at the police station that we got to there were over 20 people that had lost their lives and at the time the death toll had uh, uh, the official death toll was 45 and people in the area were already telling us that that was uh, significantly under the number um, that was expected to be announced the next day so right now as you stand i think the pro, the the death toll is at 306 but it's expected to rise as a lot of missing people are being uh, found and most of them are being found uh, deceased unfortunately so yeah that's been another situation on the ground but the provincial police commissioner had indicated that they are expecting to receive a lot of uh, assistance from other provinces so a lot of policemen a lot of firefighters from um, neighboring provinces bomalanga um, gauteng are going to be coming into KZN and assisting with the rescue operations so hopefully that will also speed up the process of uh, trying to rescue those who are still trapped and also finding the the missing individuals as a journalist junior um I, i'm sure you've covered catastrophes before but how does this compare in your experience as a as a journalist i have covered quite a few uh catastrophes but being a political journalist you don't see the amount of carnage that we saw uh over this week it was just unbearable especially kwa kwatubuza people had to carry literally carry the dead bodies of uh their loved ones to the main road because the emergency services couldn't access the area so they had to literally carry their own deceased to the sides of the main road and just lay them there on the ground and wait for hours for emergency services to come so it's just unreal to drive past roads 
we which are littered with bodies like literally littered with bodies and you are following a police car that is picking these bodies up putting them in the back of the van um, we wrote a story about a man who refused to leave the side of his uh, deceased child so as the police were picking up the bodies and putting them in the back of the van he was sitting with all these bodies and he kept looking at the child kept opening the the white sheet that it covered the child as if to make sure that he was comfortable it was just unbelievable it was I think you just, as a journalist, you you tend to switch off your emotions and you are on autopilot the whole time. You try not to think about it because these are human beings at the end of the day and they are asking you for assistance. There's not much you can do. Uh, you're on the ground just to report on what's happening. So it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. Well, Junior, thank you so much for keeping our readers and listeners up to date on this devastating story. That was Junior Kamala senior political journalist for News24. That's all we have time for this week on The Story. Join us again next week. I'm Catherine Rice, and this week's episode was recorded by Amy Gibbings.